Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Pour It Out with Alana Beverly. I'm Alana, and I'm super excited to have you here today. Fun fact, this episode was actually the first one that I recorded. It is with Jordan Harrington, and I wanted to get her before she left And so we recorded actually the day before she took off for her most recent adventure, which she talks all about in this episode. And we just talk about her heart for missions and for helping people and loving people and what the Lord has taught her and shown her through her years and years of doing mission work. It's such a sweet conversation. She's so encouraging and just has the most beautiful heart. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Um, to get to know her, to hear a little bit of her story. I hope that you're encouraged by it. So grab a cup of coffee and grab a seat and let's pour it out. Hey, Jordan. Hi, Alana. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Okay, so to get started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and you can do with that whatever you feel. Yeah, Um, so I'm Jordan Harrington. I am 25 years old, and um, I'm from Chillicothe, and um, I do photography, my barista, and uh, really just have a huge heart for missions, and um, and yeah, so. So that is what I wanted to talk to you about a little bit today, yeah. was the whole mission thing, because I feel like you know, when I think of you, there are lots of things that come to my mind. You are one of those people who's like super gifted in everything that you do. Um, but your heart is 100% missions. And so, um, let's start kind of from the beginning and like, how did that happen? How did, how did you first become interested in missions? How was that like desire and passion birthed into you? Like, do you remember the first time? Yeah, I was seven years old, and um, I didn't become a Christian or even interested really in Christianity until I was 15, Um, but I was seven, and I was asking my mom about, like, the origin of my name because I'm really big on names. Um, (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of weight to them, and I was like, Mom, like, why'd you name me Jordan? And and she was telling me uh, she used to work with YWAM. And so she was leading mission teams out to Jordan. And so that was a big reason why that, uh, that she named me Jordan. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And (laughs) I was like, I want to travel the world and help people. And so the majority of my life, I told everyone I was going to grow up and become a traveling psychiatrist. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got saved when I was 15 and I was like, huh, I mean, mission seems like a better option. (laughs) And, um, and so it was, it really like birthed from like, anytime I think about like the beginning of missions, like I think about that conversation and like, as like a young girl, like asking my mom, like, Hey, like, what does my name mean? And then, um, went on my first mission trip in El Salvador when I was 17, that was my first international trip. And, um, dedicated my life to missions then like I just knew like we had a um our our host he he had like a final night like a celebration for us and and he stood up and he he was getting to like show us this video of it was like a recap of our trip and he said I'm going to show you this four minute video and after I'm going to ask you one of the biggest questions that some of you will ever have in your life um do you feel called to full-time missions in that entire video, I'm like sitting in my seat. I'm like shaking and I'm like crying. And I'm like, what? And as soon as he asked the question, I jumped up and, and I was up there and, um, and then they covered me with like the El Salvador flag and I dedicated my life to missions. And were you the only one in the group that did that? There were a few people. Yeah. And, and yeah, the people that did, I mean, they all like have pursued missions to some capacity. So that's really awesome. Yeah. So what did you do there? Like when you went to El Salvador, what kind of mission trip was it? So it was like, um, it was, it was a pretty short trip. It was eight days. Um, I went with CFA and, um, when we, we worked with like, we worked with different schools. We had like, uh, we would do like skits and plays and like stuff like that. And then, um, 
we would go to like parks and it was a lot of children's ministry and it was really fun. It was definitely one of like the sweetest weeks of my life. Like, I love that. Yeah. And how old were you? 17. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, so then you went from there to, you did the world race. And so how did that happen? Was there, and what was the gap between that trip and the world race and how, like, how did that whole thing happen? Yeah. So, um, so after that trip, that first trip, um, I remember like my mom picked me up and we had to stop by Walmart for something. It was like 11 PM. And I was in the parking lot and I was shaking and I was like, mom, you're called to missions. And she knew she, she cried, but she knew. And, um, and so I was like, I also don't, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to go to college and like put myself in debt if I'm going to be overseas. And, um, and so, and that was like the year, like you're going into your senior year and you're getting ready to like test out like colleges and stuff. And, um, and I ended up going after the year after I graduated, I ended up going to OUC and I was uh, just learning like film photography and Spanish. And, um, and I was like, okay, like maybe I will go to school for missions. So applied to like a Christian university, like um, an hour away. And I, um, yeah, I, I was like, okay, like maybe I'll just do this until I figure something out. Cause I didn't know how it worked. It's like, how do you become a full-time <laughs> missionary? I don't know. And, um, and then Becky Britt, she was, um, at the time, um, she was getting to adopt a future or a child, not a few children. She was getting to adopt a child from Uganda and she wanted me to go out there and help her like bring supplies to the orphanage that she's worked with and, um, and then stay for a few months until like she could bring like, uh, her baby boy home. And, um, Uganda changed her like adoption policy and stuff. And, um, and it was, yeah, just like a lot of like closed doors. So we ended up staying just for two weeks and she took, um, me and like a couple other people. And at that time I was like, not, I did not really want to leave or anything. Um, and I remember like sitting on the ground of like this orphanage and, it was like really dramatic, like a movie, like the sun was setting and I'm holding like this baby boy, Sam. And I, and like, he's just like sleeping in my arms. And I felt like, like, it was like this, like wake up call. Like I felt like God was saying it's time to expand. And I just immediately knew what he meant. And, um, and so I was praying about it and I got home and I, I Googled, I felt like I was supposed to Google like mission trips. I knew I was supposed to go like in the winter. So, and I loved El Salvador and I love Central America. So I was like, okay. And I Google winter mission trip, Central America. <laughs> and um, this, pro or this program called Adventures and Missions, they had a, um, they had a trip. It was a three month trip in Costa Rica. And, um, I applied for it and that ended up being through the world race. So, um, I applied for it, um, and went on this trip. And then at the very end of my trip, um, cause adventures and missions is like the umbrella, like organization. And then we're, the world race is just one of like the programs within it. And, um, my leaders at the end of my time in Costa Rica, they approached me and they said, Hey, uh, we really feel like, um, like you're supposed to do this thing called the world race. And, it's 11 months. You'll go to 11 countries. And I was like, huh, cool. Not for me. <laughs> and that's how most of my stories go. <laughs> and I was like, nah. <laughs> and, um, and then I had this, it was like an insane, like I came home and it was just dream after dream of like, I had this dream that at the time, I didn't know Montenegro was a country because who knows that Montenegro is a country? <laughs> no one. <laughs> and I had this dream that I was in Montenegro, where it's where I went on the world race. And someone uh, came up to me. They're like, Jordan, Jordan, you're in the world race. And I was like, what? And they showed me on a map a country like near Italy that started with an M. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And um I didn't find out like until like six months later that I was going to that country, but I was having just 
dreams after dreams and like pastors in the middle of like their sermons would like stop and like, like prophesy over me about like missions. And it was just, it was insane. Like the Lord was so loud about it (laughs) that I was like, okay, like I have to do this. And, um, so I applied and then went on it and ended up, I mean, I'm still pretty much working with that organization today. That was when I was 18 that I applied for my first trip with them and I'm 25 now so that's amazing yeah so you went on the world race when you were I was 20 when I went on the official 11 and 11 and then yeah wow so how was that 11 countries in 11 months that's a lot yeah it ended up being 16 countries in 11 months (laughs) yeah Oh, (laughs) it was a lot. I don't know that I even knew that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, it was really great. I mean, our route was not a traditional world race route. Um, I ended up doing this route called fusion. Um, I was going to do a traditional one and, um, and my leaders, like, I felt like I was supposed to switch over. I got an email about how they needed people in the squad called fusion. Um, and like my leaders, they prayed into it and they're like, yeah, like we feel like this is like something that like would be like really great for you. And um, it was, it's a route where they give um, international racers an opportunity to do the world race. So we had a, we had a racer from El Salvador. Um, my, one of my leaders was from France, a girl from South Africa. Um, and so we all like would meet up rather than in the US and like our uh, initial country of ministry. But we, the world race connects. So every world race route is connected with local ministries and missionaries in the country that they're going to. And the trick with my world race was you land in a country and every day you pray and ask the Lord where to go and what to do. And it's a year of completely just relying on listening to his voice and being obedient to that. And as a team too, because you're all like sitting in a circle, like just like, just praying and seeking his heart out every day. And, um, and it, it was amazing. And it, I think that like gave me complete reliance, like in his voice and even just mm-hmm. trusting and like, Oh, like that, like I can hear like God, like you speak to us today. And mm-hmm. so, um, that was one of the most growing and sweetest years of my life for sure. That's amazing. Do you have, I mean, obviously you can't tell a million stories, even though I know you have them all, but are there like one or two that really stick out that you're like, this was when my heart really came alive and I came alive and knew that I was exactly where I was supposed to be doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, while in the world race. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were, oh gosh, like, Man, um, I think my, one of my favorite, I have a couple, I have a lot, but definitely when we were working, we were working with Afghan refugees, um, in Indonesia and I ended up going back alone to like work with them again. Um, but really, really like through like them, like fell in love with like the Middle East and, um, and even just had like such a firsthand like experience and not firsthand, but like a really great look into like what is happening in Afghanistan. And it was probably one of the most heartbreaking ministries I've ever done. Um, but also one of the most beautiful. And I think I had connected with that culture. I've connected with that culture better than any other culture. Um, and so that was definitely like one of the most impactful one story that I really like love to tell that definitely was like, yeah, I'm like where I'm supposed to be. Um, which I know you've probably heard this, but, um, when I was in Costa Rica before my world race, we were, uh, we were doing, um, we were, we're doing women's ministry. I actually wasn't a girl on my team was, and, um, and basically I'll try to keep it short, but I had a dream in Costa Rica that, uh, the Lord was going to expand my comfort zone. And he was, um, going to have a specific girl on my team, ask me to, um, go do something with her. And, um, and in the dream, like I, like I knew I had to say yes. And, but I was really hesitant about it. 
And that day, like that girl came up to me and she asked me if I would want to go to the brothels with her and do ministry. We had 16 girls on my team, but, um, all like none of the girls were able to. And I was the one girl that was like, I don't like women's ministry. Like (laughs) I sound terrible, but like, (laughs) and also it's a brothel. Yeah. Like I was like, I was like, no, I'm okay. (laughs) I went to just surf with kids. Like that was like, I I had so much fun. (laughs) So, so I told her no. And I said, (laughs) see, theme (laughs) um so I told her no and I was like listen if you can get every single girl on our team to say no I'll go with you (laughs) two hours later hey Jordan (laughs) everyone said everyone said that they can't make it tonight because it wasn't a ministry night it was like our like vacation like halfway through the trip and I was like oh okay and I was sitting in this brothel and, um, and the Lord like highlighted this woman to me and I mean, I was sitting there for like 30 minutes before I even like really felt like the grace to go like approach anyone. I didn't know how to do it. I was like, I, I don't know. I'm not great with like just going up to people and, um, I'm better now, but at the time I was so new to it, like going up to people and just like talking with them, especially in a brothel where they're working and. And it was like, okay, like, I don't want to cross any lines. Um, so I went up to her and I started talking to her and she, she immediately just starts telling me, like, I came from Columbia. I made a promise to God that like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this, but I want to provide for my son. And, and this is just like, this is the best way I can get money and a lot of money fast. And, um, and she, we sat in that brothel, talked through Google translate the whole time. And, and she just she just cried and cried and I did too. And I just told her like just how much the Lord loved her. And we ended up having a spa day for her and her friends. Some of her friends immediately um, booked flights and like let one woman left for to go back to Columbia the next day. She was like, I'm never doing this again. Wow. Yeah. We had like a Bible study, shared the gospel with them and um, had men like wash their feet and serve them like food. And Oh my God. It, it was amazing. And, um, and my friend, she was, she was the one who she stayed and, and I, I just like her heart, like, I just, I was like, there's something about her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he answered your question. I, when I was leaving, I felt like the Lord was telling me you're going to see her in a year. Well, within the next year, it's not going to be in Costa Rica and it's not going to be in the U S and I was like, okay, I don't know what that looks like. And at the time I hadn't committed to doing the world race. And I was like, this makes no sense. Like I did my three months. We're good. And, um, my first country on the world race, because we had the, we had uh, the grace to ask the Lord where to go. I wasn't bound to like any specific ministry mm-hmm. in one place. I told my team, I said, um, cause this was, I think it was nine months after the Lord told me that I would see in the next year. And I, I told my team, I said, we're in Colombia, and, um, and I know like we're going South. There's a woman in Medellin, uh, that I like, I, or sorry, man, all this, uh, that, um, that I really feel like we're supposed to go see. So my entire team prayed about it. We stayed with her. I spent my birthday with her for a week. We stayed with her and, um, and we were in her kitchen and, And she said, this was like my come alive moment of like, yeah, like she would like have, she would worship with us and like, um, pray with us. And she was just on fire for the Lord. And it was like this fight between like what she was doing, but then also like what she knew God was calling her into, but we were in her kitchen and she just starts like crying. And she was like, I like, I knew that God was pursuing me and that he had like fully like like just how, like how fully he loved me when he sent Jordan into a brothel where I was working and I wasn't following his will just to tell me how much he loved me. But now he's, he has brought an entire team into my home to share that same love with me. And it was like, she was like, I, like, I can't deny this is God. And, um, and it was just one of those moments where I was just like, okay, God, like, Oh my gosh. I I'm chills. right where I need to That's be. That's amazing. Yeah. Like if, if all of it was just for that one moment, it was worth it. <laughs> so now did that 
like ignite in you a passion for women's ministry too then? Or are you still like, nope, I'm just good with all the kids. Give me the kids. (laughs) I think, um, I think it definitely helped me to, to like really love women's ministry. Like, I think so. Like, I think if people ask me like, what would your passion be? I don't think I would say ministry or women's ministry, but when, um, but when I look at, a lot of like the ministries that I really, really love and am passionate about. I'm like, oh yeah, it's women's ministry. <laughs> and I think that definitely was was a huge part of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I want to interrupt this podcast really quick to tell you about a few partnerships that I have with some downtown businesses here in Chillicothe. The first one is from Sweet William Bossom Boutique. They have the absolute best chocolate covered strawberries in the whole entire world. If you have not had them, run down there and get them. They have other gourmet treats. They have charcuterie boards. They have lots of things. They also have the most beautiful flowers. And so I get the honor and the privilege of having their flowers on my dining room table for each conversation that I have with a friend. And it just really sets the atmosphere in here. And I'm so, so thankful. Guys, they are located at 90 West 2nd Street. If you have not been there, go there. Check them out. They are absolutely amazing. My other one is Roast Coffee. It is located at 107 East 2nd Street in the Fort Collective. They have the best coffee, hands down, best drinks that you will find here in Chilla Coffee. And each week when I sit down with a friend, as we pour it out over coffee, we will be pouring it out over roast coffee. And so we're really excited to have that partnership. Um, Both of these places are located in our beautiful downtown. Go check them out. You can look them up and follow them on social media and just make sure that you let them know that Elena sent you. Okay. So when did you come back home? Um... May, April slash May of 2020. So like right when the pandemic hit hard here. Yeah. And so like, how was that going from being so free and like traveling the world, 16 different countries in 11 months and doing all the things to you come home, number one, come home to Little Chillicothe, but then also like come home to Little Chillicothe and then you're shut down and shut in <laughs> for a lockdown because of COVID. Like how was that transition? Was it super hard? Yeah, especially I think I was, I think I had a really hard time with it because when I, I came home once after my first race and that was for five days in like December of 2018. And then I I mean, I moved to Dallas and that was where my squad coaches lived uh, from my initial world race. And so I lived with them and that was my home base going back and forth, not being home for and like more, not being in any place for more than three months at a time. And um, I was just like constantly traveling, constantly getting ready for another trip. And then I was leading World Race Gap Year, which is a program for gap year students. And um, I was squad leading for that. And we were on the field for seven months. We were supposed to be on the field for nine. Had just left Cambodia with the Bobs and um, had gotten to Africa. And then all of a sudden, like, we, we had a lot of problems with traveling to Africa because of COVID. And we all got COVID at, like, when, cause we were in Cambodia and, um, we're all pretty sure we couldn't test for it cause they didn't have the tests at the time, but we're like, yeah, we definitely all had COVID. Um, we were dying and, um, and we knew like a lot of people were getting like detained and stuff. And, um, and I got like stuck in the middle East alone for a few days and had to meet the squad up later. And even just like being there and not knowing like, okay, like, they took my passport because it was filled. <laughs> and um, so it was like, okay, like, do I go back to the US or what do I do? And it was this thing where COVID made it so like, made something that could have been so simple, like just so complicated. And um, I, it was, I think I'd only been in Africa for 12 days. And um, 
and they sat us all down and they actually sat where they sat me and my co-leader Jenny down right before the squad so that like we knew and could like get all of our emotions and stuff but they were like hey like you have 12 hours to pack up your bags oh and we gosh. have to drive take a bus to South Africa and we're getting you guys back to the US as soon as possible I didn't I mean I didn't even get to say goodbye to some of the squad mates like the people that I had been leaning leading and um had gotten to know I was living with them for for seven months at that time and didn't get to say goodbye I didn't want to go home I, I was like so scared I was like I don't even know where I'm gonna stay like I don't know what I'm gonna do like how it was it was there were so many questions and I hadn't been home in so long so to come home and you can't even like really see anyone like it was it was weird so I went I went to Los Angeles for a couple months um because that's where my friend Jenny lived uh and then finally I was like I know I need to go back home so um that was why I came home in May instead of like earlier because I just I was like I need time to process before I'm just like thrown back into this and um it was weird. I felt like Ohio was a lot more relaxed when it came to COVID than any other place, like, <laughs> which was good for like seeing friends and family. But at the same time, it was, it was confusing because I just wanted to go back out on the mission field. And it was like, oh, I could do this, but I don't have a passport right now. Who knows like what that process is going to look like. Um, and yeah, like, and also, like, travel, like, was, like, so restricted that it was, like, it, it didn't make sense to even go. And then I fell in love with home again. <laughs> and so <laughs> for the past two years, it was, like, the hardest thing going into. And again, that theme of I don't want to do this. And then, and then God just, like, completely, like, just renewed my heart for Chillicothe and gave me deeper roots than I've ever had here. And so ended up being a really, really beautiful thing. But So what have you been doing for the past two years then? Um, I really have just been doing like, I mean, I'm a barista, marketing, a little bit of photography, um, really just learning how to be home and yeah. be not, I guess, like not completely like, have my identity and missions, but okay. Like Jordan, like what's your identity as you or in your community and in your family. And so it's been like two years of just like actually learning what normal life looks like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I love that because I feel like what I've learned about life is that we have different rhythms and different seasons. And so like you've been in a season of just rest and reconnecting and doing all of that and just pressing into the Lord when you're not, when you don't have to, if that makes sense. Cause like when you're on the mission field, you have to press into the Lord because he's like leading and guiding every single step that you take, which is how we should be living on a day-to-day life. But like we don't a lot. And so, but in that situation and in that environment, you have to. And so coming home and still choosing, it's more of a choice, I guess, than a have to. Like choosing to stay in your word and choosing to stay connected to him and stuff. And then, but I think what's really cool about that, though, is that like as you've done that, you know, the Bible talks about how like um, when you diligently seek the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And so I feel like you are an example of that. Like that's like, you're a picture of that scripture coming to life because you've been home and you've been diligently seeking him, but your desire is still like, I want to do missions. Like this is not like, I'm happy here and I love Chillicothe and I love my home and I've established some really great friendships and community, but like my heart and my desire is still missions. And so you've taken the time, but you haven't squandered the time. Like you haven't come home and just been like, I'm going to do whatever and I'm home and whatever. Like you've still been so diligent with him. And so now he's opened this door for you to take off again. You leave tomorrow. (laughs) Um, And so how did that happen? Like 
where are you going? What are you doing? It's a really cool story how you got there. So will you tell it to us? Yeah. <laughs> so in May, I started feeling like, um, I think it was May. Honestly, it may have been earlier, but um, I started feeling like there was going to be like a transition in August. Uh, today is August 30th. <laughs> and I was really feeling like there was like a big transitioning happening. And just like when you're in that season of transition, you're like, I am so uncomfortable. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, I, I, I think I just like, I don't know. I just, I didn't know. I was like, what? Like, what am I doing? And because um, God, like, I feel you like saying these things, but also like wanting to be home. And, um, and so, but I also like, just, I don't know. It's like, I started feeling the Lord was like, Hey, like maybe now's a good time to get like a passport again. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> why? <laughs> and, um, and then I got connected with a marketing company. It's like a startup out in Denver called with, um, with, with, <laughs> it's like W Y T H. And, um, and it was crazy how that happened. I was at like a Dante bow and for King country concert. And, um, my friend works for, for them. And so we were like, just going down to, to visit. And, um, I met this guy who was, uh, he was working for them and he was starting up a marketing company and, um, he was just looking for creatives that like really just wanted to like turn creativity. Like, like they wanted church marketing to be more than just marketing and doing like, okay, like I'm creative, let's do this. But like, like learning how to run a business from genuine, like just worship. And so I, um, I, he reached out and was like, he basically was like, Hey, like starting a marketing company. And he had like, he said he had like 40 people reach out to him. And, um, he called me and like one other person, he hired like six people, all of which he knew. And then I was just like the rando from Ohio. <laughs> and, um, so I got the job out there and they were sending me out to go like meet the team. And we were doing like, um, like a retreat. And so that was like, super fun. And I've always wanted, it was weird because whenever I came home from the race, I like during COVID, I joined a world race, uh, alumni Colorado page because I was praying about moving to Colorado. So if I look at like my journals from like 2020, it's like, okay, Lord, like what about Colorado? Like I know a lot of people out there. Um, it's a really beautiful place. And, um, I just thought it'd be interesting to go to. I was like, I don't know. And um, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, so it's beautiful. And um, so it was crazy because I was out there and um, and the Lord, while I was out there, was reminding me of dreams that I had written down in 2020 that actually like parallel like dreams that I'm like okay like God like I know you have been preparing my heart for this season for a long time and even just like words that I've received and stuff like about like this particular season that I'm entering into so he was having me like go through like these dreams these words and stuff and I was like okay like that's interesting like I just kind of like laid them down I didn't know what they meant and, um, and then it was those like little like aha moments of, oh God, like that was, that was this that you're talking about. So I was out there for my marketing job and there was this coffee shop, uh, called Mango Tree and they, um, it's, it's built up from a nonprofit, um, but it's craft coffee. It's great coffee. <laughs> and, um, and I was there and I really loved like the coffee shop and like all the baristas were just like talking about the Lord so intentionally. And I like, it was like where like my boss, like he goes there all the time. So he was talking about it. And I just, I was like, man, like this place seems really cool. So I talked with someone about getting a business card and I was like, you know what, Lord, I'm going to pray on this. And, and, um, and then the next day I went in there for like five minutes and saw my friend Joel, who I was in Ecuador with on my first world race, like, he was uh, on another squad and we had like this uh, squad like meetup and he was with us for like a week or two. 
and he was the barista there and I didn't know he lived in Denver. And so I like looked at him, I was like, what? And he, <laughs> and he looked at me, he's like, what? Like, we just like, it was, it was mind blowing. And he was like, Hey, I'm going to talk with my bosses. And if you ever like want a job out here, let me know. I was like, okay, well I actually talked with someone yesterday about this. And so, um, I was like, okay, God, I have two jobs lined up here in Denver, but Colorado is expensive. Denver is, is very expensive. Um, and so I was like, I need, I need an opportunity like for like housing that would be really cheap. And also like, I would love to get plugged in with the ministry. I was praying about going down to, to um, Dallas. Cause I had some opportunities down there. Um, Upper room church. Like I love that church so much. I was like, maybe I'll go down there. And um, an hour I was praying about it. And I wrote in my like iPhone notes and I was like, Lord, I like, if this, if this is from you, cause like, I, I really feel you on this. I was like, open, open a door so big and so easy that I have to walk through it. And an hour before I left for the airport, I see in the World Race Alumni page, um, I was just scrolling through Facebook and, uh, and this guy posted, we're in need of a house mom in Denver, Colorado, 10 minutes from my church, <laughs> 20 minutes from my coffee shop. And, um, he was like, we need a house mom. We've never had one before. Um, it's an eight month program called Denver gap year. And, um, and so if you know anyone that's interested, comment on this post. And I commented, I was like, interested the next day. Like I was heading home from the airport cause he was calling me and I was like, I'm like, I'm literally like getting on a plane right now. Like this is insane. <laughs> like he, he thought I lived in Denver. I was like, <laughs> I'm going back to Ohio. I've been here for a week and, um, and I was heading home from the airport and he called me, explained the program. So they have, um, gap year students, uh, mainly just people right out of high school going to Denver to do a uh, mission work. Uh, it's a nonprofit that world racers have worked on for seven years. So it's from the world, like it's from birth from world racers. So it's the same heart, same community. Um, and most of the people that work there have done the world race, um, or missions like similar to that. And, uh, they work in Colorado and then they partner with our partner, our world race partners in Spain. And, uh, they work in like Guatemala and basically do this like disciple trainingship school while training school, discipleship, <laughs> training school, <laughs> words, um, while doing like missions throughout Denver and then like over like internationally, um, and we all like live in a house. They said they've always just had like a house dad, but, but someone like just, um, someone was like, Hey, like we actually, it actually would be really beneficial to have a house mom. Uh, and cause we have two girls that are in the program. And so I was on the phone with him. He was like, I feel really good about this. I'll put the, like the house in your name this week. And he was like, I'll just need you out here by the end of August. And it was the end of July, whenever um, that happens. So over the past month, it's just been, everything just continues to fall into place. And so I'll be out there from tomorrow, <laughs> August 31st. Um, and then we move out and I think around like the beginning of May. And so it'll be an eight month program. And then I just learned this last week um, when we were talking, you're not going to be staying in Denver the whole time. You will you're going to go overseas. Yeah. So, um, we'll be overseas. We'll be in Guatemala for just for like a couple of weeks. Um, I love how you say just a couple of weeks, <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, it's nothing. Yeah. We'll just be there just for a couple of weeks. No yeah, big deal. <laughs> we'll be in Guatemala and then, um, and then, um, yeah, there. And then we'll be going out in different places in Colorado, uh, for team trips and, um, just yeah so but that'll be the only place overseas that you know of um through the program yeah i have a wedding <laughs> that i might be going to in el salvador but we'll see um but through the program yeah and then um and then like each year they'll go either to guatemala or spain or um the philippines i think so yeah now you may not be able to answer this but i'll just throw it out there like are you is your intention to just do it this first year, see how it goes. And then you may do it again. Or is it like, 
I mean, I'm assuming that's yeah. probably all you can really say at this point because you don't know for sure. Yeah. I am my hope and my prayers to come back home. Um, because this definitely is a thing just completely birthed out of like obedience. I felt like at the beginning of the year, the Lord was speaking to me so much um about like new wine and like accessing it like through obedience. And I felt like God was like saying to me like this January, like I'm going to ask you to do things that are going to seem really crazy and things that you would never do. And, um, and it's going to be out of a place of obedience. And even this trip, I, I, I think I felt so deeply in love with home that I'm like, Oh, like it, <laughs> it, it definitely was a thing of like, God, like you've asked me to do this. So I know that this is the best option. And this is like what you have for me. And I don't want to miss that because of like my own, desires to be in Chillicothe yeah. um, when you're speaking so clearly about something. So my hope is to come back home and um, yeah, but I, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see whatever he has. I know he'll speak about it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I, I don't, I mean, like I said earlier, it's just, you live a life that we should all be living, but we don't all live because we get so caught up in you know, responsible, we have to do this. And, you know, I can't do this because we just have all of the excuses and all of the reasons. But I feel like you're just such a good example of what it looks like to live a life of faith and of radical obedience. Like if he calls me to go right, I'm going to go right, regardless what I'm doing. And if he tells me to go left, I'm going to go left regardless. And it just makes me think like my one of my favorite people in the world is Corey Ten Boom. And do you know her or do you know of her? She was from the Holocaust era and like she lived that life of just radical obedience. Like when the Lord told her to do something, she did it. And there was like no questioning and there was no anything. It was literally like, you know, what's your next moves going to be? People would ask her and she'd be like, I don't know. I haven't gotten them yet. She called them her marching orders and oh. was like, I haven't gotten my marching orders yet. And then she would get them and be like, oh, this is where I'm going next. Like, wow. and I just feel like you live that out and it's, it's beautiful and it's scary, but it's really beautiful. And it's really, um, inspiring to see that. And it's like, as somebody who, struggles with that fear of the unknown and stuff to watch your faith and action is like, okay, Elena, I can do better at this. <laughs> and so I love it. Um, well, is there anything that I didn't ask that you want to say? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the last question that I'm going to ask is just a quick what is God speaking to you right now? Like, I know that you specifically are getting ready. I mean, you head out tomorrow on a trip. So, um, for this new season, so I'm assuming it probably has to do with that, but like, what is, is there something specific that he is speaking to you right now? A song, a verse, a, like anything specific that he's saying? Yeah. Um, so how you're saying, like you struggle with the fear of unknowns, like, I feel like that's something the Lord calls me to step into a lot, but that's my, like, that's my greatest, like, fear and struggle is just, um, like, I know it sounds crazy after everything I just said, but, like, I really struggle with, like, fear of the unknown and just, I don't know. And there, there's this one, like, um, I saw one time, like, someone posting, they're like, do it afraid. And so I think about that sometimes, but um, I think it's hard when you're, especially when you're such a, I feel like I'm very analytical and think a lot about like the future and like, what, what's this going to look like? Or, you know, and, um, and the Lord, um, has just been continually reminding me like rest in me. And so, uh, Hebrews four is something that he's been speaking to me a lot over this last week. Um, just in entering this season and even just in like the small day to days of life, um, Now the promise of entering into God's rest is still for us today. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. For we have heard the good news at deliverance just as they did, yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply for they doubted. For those of us who believe faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. And God's been speaking that over me so much and just um just reminding me like we can never miss 
the promises that God's given us. Like we can never, we'll never miss anything if we're just resting in him and being obedient in him. Like he, we're not big enough to mm-hmm. do that. And so mm-hmm. even with leaving Chillicothe, like, and all of this happening so quickly, like there's always going to be some sort of, I'm so human. Like there's always going to be like some sort of like doubt or like questions or just being like, Lord, like, but there's so much that like I want to do here. There is here. And I just feel like the Lord has been speaking to me and, and I believe he's speaking over so many people that are listening mm-hmm. to this, like just like rest in me and trust in me and know that like life isn't ours to figure out. Like it's literally just the day to day and the small obediences and knowing like, okay, God, like I, I am in you. And in that, like fear and anxiety has no authority over my life because I'm yours. And it's so hard to, it's so hard to walk out. Like I'm reminding myself of this every single day and I'm still like, okay, I'm going to pull it out again. (laughs) Like, (laughs) um, but that's the biggest thing that he's speaking to me. It's just throughout all of it. Cause every single story I've told over the last hour has been accompanied by a lot of fear and a lot of worries. And if anyone calls my mom after this, um, they would know that she's had a million phone calls with me just crying because I'm like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) um, and she's seen a lot of like the Lord just undoing like a life of, Mm -hmm. of fear and like unlearning fear that I've grown to know. And so, um, and so it's something that God is still working in me. And I feel like he is just really, truly teaching me confidence in him and resting like spiritual and physical rest yeah. in him. And so, yeah. I love it. I love in that verse, the words together, confident rest. Like it's not just rest and it's not just, you know, resting and abiding. It's there's a confident rest where you can rest knowing and trusting that he's got you. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful part. So, um, I was not actually planning on doing this, but I feel like we're supposed to, I'm going to ask you to pray over us and just pray that we, um, would be people who would walk a little bolder and a little more in confidence and also take the time to experience that confident rest. Um, and, but to just, you know, areas that we struggle and that we are fearful that we would be able to take steps forward in obedience um, despite that fear. And I feel like you can pray into that because you have lived it and are continuing to live it. So will you pray for us? I'd love to. Um, Jesus, I just thank you so much. I thank you for this past hour, God. I thank you so much for Alana and what you're doing in and through this podcast. Um, God, we just bless that. And we, Bless every single person that has taken the time to listen to this. Um, and we just pray over everyone that um, has even tuned into this for just a second, God. Um, and we just pray, God, that um, and, and even over myself, that like our hearts are just so open to you and your word, God. I just pray for just a recognition of, of your word. Um, like in the Bible, you say, like, my sheep know my voice and they follow it. And God, I just pray that that um, that we become like sheep, that we know your voice, the good shepherd's voice, and that we can trust in that voice and completely follow it and know that as long as we're following you, God, that that you, you'll take care of us. Like you've got us covered. And Jesus, I just pray um, against any fear and anxiety, God. And I pray against any doubt, any self-doubt that, that causes us to think, oh, like I didn't hear you or you can't do that in me. You can't use me in this way. Jesus, we just ask that you come in and that you just uncover all of that, that you expose it and 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 then you prove us wrong, God, and that you just show us that, that you are within us. And it's not by our own strength. It's not by our own might or anything that we can do. Um, but God, it's truly by you that, um, that we even have good in our life, God, that you can work in our lives in such beautiful ways. Jesus, I just pray that... Um, that when you knock, that we answer. That God, whenever, um, whenever you call us into into something new, God, that you just help us to be so good and faithful to that, God. Um, yeah, because God, you don't care about 
you don't care about what we accomplish. You don't care about any of that, God, but you, I know that you just care about our obedience. That is something that is so beautiful and honoring to you, God. And so I just pray that, that we can honor you in our obedience and, and to truly just rest in you throughout all of that and knowing and understanding your character, that you're so good, that you're so sweet and you're so kind and that you love us enough just to, just to care about the small details of our lives, God. And, and I pray that you help us to even activate this in the small ways. Like, like God, do you, do you want me to go to the grocery store? I'm at the grocery store. What do you want me to do with this? Is there a ministry opportunity here? Or, um, or what are you trying to speak to me today, Lord? I pray that we all wake up with the mentality of just, of just, okay, God, like who's on your heart? Um, is it me? Is it someone else? Like what's on your heart today, God? And um, what do you want me to do with it? And so we love you, Jesus. And um, we thank you so much. And yeah, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for being here. For and me. we are, I mean, we'll be praying for you. You know, I'm praying for you. And now you have a whole bunch of people that can join into that prayer and just, you know, be praying for your safety and for all of that. But more than anything to that, you would continue to have a heart that's open um, to walk in obedience, whatever that looks like, wherever he calls you. I'm proud of you. I tell you that I think a million times a day, but I'm very, very proud of you. And I'm excited to see what he has for you. I love you. you. Love you. I want to tell you all about my latest partnership. It is with Maggie and Me Candle Company. I was so excited to have the coffee and the flowers, but I just felt like something was missing. An amazing candle um, to make my house smell wonderful for people when they came to sit down and do a podcast. So I could not be more excited for this partnership. They are natural candles, soy-based, and they smell fantastic. They have the best fall scents, they have the best winter scents. Actually, they just have all of the scents for all of the seasons. Go check them out. You can buy them at High Five Bakery, New System Bakery, Nelly Dog, and they just opened a website, maggieandme.shop. Go check them out and tell them that Elena sent you. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. Like I said, it was the very first one that I recorded and we were both pretty nervous, but as soon as we sat down and started talking, we just had such a good time. And guys, her heart is just so pure and so genuine. I'm so thankful for Jordan sharing. And that prayer at the end was absolutely precious. Neither of us were expecting to do that. Um, and it just was something I felt like the Lord said to do. And I'm so glad because it was the perfect ending. And honestly, when we finished this episode, it was the thing for me that was confirmation of the whole entire thing. And I just got done and I thought, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And so I was super encouraged by it. I hope that you all were too. And I just hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week. And I will see you back here next Thursday for a new episode of Pour It Out with Elena Beverly.